What's going on, Bears fans? As you know, sports betting season is in full force right now, which means you need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for nearly three decades, thriving and paying you, loyal customer. What's great about BetUS is they have loads of bonuses. So join now at BetUS.com today and receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using code CHICAGO125. BetUS has all your NFL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and odds. BetUS also gives you plenty of options in addition to the NFL. You can bet in college basketball games, football games, UFC matches, the NBA, and more. They have every bet type imaginable, and the BetUS mobile platform is easy to use with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone, online, and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Cash in on your 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com with our code CHICAGO125. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. What's up, Bears fans, and welcome to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host for tonight's show, Nicholas Moriano, and as usual, I am joined by Mason West. Mason, how are you doing this week, man? I mean, I feel like it's it's closing in on us. We have a couple of games left the second time around with the Green Bay Packers, but how have you been? Overall, I've been pretty good. Uh, this week's been a little weird because uh, actually I've had to spend a lot of my free time that I'm at work uh, getting this promotion uh, ready to go. Uh, I tweeted out earlier in the week. It's we're collecting clothes for the holidays. So I actually had to put together the box to collect stuff. I had to make the flyer. I had to do like a little like commercially thing. It's a bunch of things that I normally don't really do. Also, I'm terrible at wrapping gifts. And I had to wrap the box to look like a gift. And it was kind of gross. But you know, it's for a good cause. So can't complain too much. Ooh, I, I kind of I'm curious to see how how bad your your back your 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 uh, gift wrapping is because I'm I'm terrible with wrapping gifts as well, but maybe it'll give me some reassurance seeing uh, how you did it over there. But you said you did a little commercial. Yeah, just it's a little thing that got put out on a couple different YouTube platforms, stuff like that. Really trying to get as much uh, get the scene by as many people as possible. It's uh, through my block, my hood, my city. There be a part of the light project, just collecting warm clothes, blankets, etc. Um, so trying to get as much of that as we possibly can, because it goes right back to the city of Chicago. Uh, the, the community is great there. Um, all the people that volunteer are part of that community. So I just wanted to help that out the best I could. So I'm willing to jump on and record myself sounding like an idiot for a little while to to help out with that. Well, that's awesome, Mason. I'm glad you're, you can have fun with that, but also are doing it for a good cause. Um, you know, that's always great to hear, especially during, you know, the holiday season for sure. Um, like you, it's been... For me, I guess a little laid back. We're about to at the high school, about to hit the 
Christmas break next week. So I'm looking forward to that, getting a little break time, even though we just kind of came off of Thanksgiving break not too long ago. So I'll, I'll enjoy it. I'll take it for what it is. And, you know, now uh, we get to talk about this Bears-Hackers matchup. Mason, I was just looking back, re-watching some games, looking at some stats, and as you kind of reflect and see where this Bears-Packers rivalry is at, it's like the last time the Bears beat the Packers at Lambeau Field was in 2015, Thanksgiving. It's been it's been that long, Mason. Is that I mean, 2015? Like when you hear that, like what what is just your initial reaction? I mean, the fact that that was when I was only two years out of my undergrad, I was in my master's program. So I wasn't even in my PT program yet, uh, which is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, that's the case. Uh, and it just shows the, without sugarcoating it, ineptitude that's been going on. Because at the end of the day, you have two goals, at least I feel as a as a Bears fan, it's A, to make the playoffs and B, to beat the Packers. And they haven't done that like the second part since 20 really since 2015, especially in Lambeau. Uh, and then you have an instance where you have Aaron Rodgers coming to your house in Soldier Field and saying, I own you. And that's just adds to it. You can't even rent a space at Lambeau Field, let alone own Lambeau Field as a Bears fan, as a Bears team. So it, it sucks. It's just tough. Not unless you get on on one of those little whatever they were doing earlier where it was like three hundred dollars and you can, uh, you can buy, buy. So, the team. Yeah, that's the only way the Bears could own the Green Bay Packers at this point. But Mason, let's kind of get right into it. And actually, before we talk about specifically this Bears and Packers matchup, kind of give you uh, a rundown of any Bears news throughout the week. And we usually start these off with the injury report. So for today, Thursday's practice report, who practiced, who didn't, we have your DNPs, your did not practice. You have Andy Dalton, Travis Gibson, Marquise Goodwin, Tease Tabor, and then full first guy uh, on there that I wrote was Jimmy Graham, which is whew, great. Uh, Cairo Santos is also a full participant. Mario Edwards Jr., Christian Jones, and Justin Fields, who, as, as we all know, is starting for this primetime matchup first time at Lambeau Field. And then you had limited David Montgomery, which is, I would say, a better sign because just yesterday's practice Wednesday, he did not practice, but he was limited today, Thursday. Also limited was Akeem Hicks, Allen Robinson, Damian Williams, Cassius Marsh, and Angelo Blackson. But it's trending right now just based off of what um, the uh, Allen Robinson was saying in his press conference that he's looking to give it a go for, for the Bears. And I think that's, you know, that's obviously they'll take everybody they can get, especially when Jakeem Grant was the leading receiver in, in the game against the Arizona Cardinals. It'll take anybody you can take at this point. But um, – Mason, just with either the the practice, the injury report, or anything else that you want to highlight before we really talk about this Bears and Packers matchup? Well, yeah, I guess in terms of the injury report, like that did not participate, or is for once, it's been a little while since this has been the case, but finally it's a week where it's like, okay, it's not that big of a deal with having missing an Andy Dalton, missing a Marquise Goodwin at this point. But Travis Gibson is a little surprising and stinks um, just because he was starting to make a couple splash plays here and there. So it would have been nice to see that continue, especially when you are still missing a Quill Mack. So if he can't go on Sunday, you know, now you're really wondering who's going to be there. Is it, is it Bruce Irvin now going to have to be someone that steps up? And he's someone we could we never really actually talked about after that last game, but he lost contain on Kyler Murray. Uh, part of the, He had a lot of snaps in that too. So that's a little concerning. And then in terms of like the limited, that's actually encouraging because you have the, you know, 
Akeem Hicks, Dave Montgomery, and Al Robinson, if that trio can go, it's a much different game. It may not ultimately change the result, but at least you feel better going into it with those three playing. I completely agree with that. I mean, anytime you can get Akeem Hicks on the field for, for your defense, I feel better about what the Bears can do in terms of rushing the passer and also just contain the run. He is a difference maker. And what it was back in 2019, Akeem Hicks had that injured, banged up elbow, but he came back for that Packers game. And he, again, was he all the way healthy? Absolutely not. But he was still, he was still making some plays out there. I think Bears Packers does, does have a little bit extra to it, even though it hasn't reflected in the win and loss column, more so the loss column for the Bears. You just, you just want to play better. You just want to, especially being this, a Sunday night game, I'm I'm guessing that Akeem Hicks again. We got to see how the next how tomorrow goes too for the injury report. But I have a feeling we see number ninety six out there. Maybe, which is which would be kind of sad to say for the last time at, in a Bears uniform at Lambeau Field. It, it could be a possibility, but we'll see if that happens. Um, Mason, did you want to touch on anything that Tevin Jenkins said in his press conferences or his press conference on what was that today or yesterday? Yeah, so the Tevin Jenkins finally got a little bit of a look behind what was going going on there. You know, he mentioned how it really sucks because he don't want to be the person that, you know, can't be there, especially as a rookie. You want to come in, you want to make your presence known, you want to know you're there to, you know, be with your guys. But, you know, he pushed a little too much, you know, and he said that himself that, you know, he probably pushed too hard, should have seen some of those signs, reeled it back a little bit, um, and sort of having this unbearable pain, nerve pain down his legs. Now it's interesting because when he first started having that nerve pain down his legs, you know, Matt Nagy gets up there and says, oh, yeah, he's got back tightness. And it's like two couldn't be two different two different things. Right. And I know, no, you're not trying to give away, you know, secrets or anything of that nature. But at the same time, you know, kind of misleading when you, when you paint it in that picture. Um, but, you know, that's in the past. You know, at this point in time, I don't think the Bears really expected it to go that far either, you know, because they didn't put him on the pup. That would have been something if they really thought it was as bad as it was, you would have put him there. Uh, but they wanted him on the active roster at that point in time because, you know, if they'd like to roll forward, better things now. You know, he is out there. He got two snaps in the last game. He says it's the best he's felt since high school, since his early years of college, uh, and that he doesn't think this is going to be a concern long-term. Now, I think that's also a young 20-something-year-old being really <laughs> excited about not having back pain anymore. Uh, obviously, from what from what I've seen as a physical therapist, there's going to be management of this down the road. Um, it's a just a question of when that creeps back up again, you know, little things like that happen. Um, it could be as soon as two, three years, it could be 10, it could be at the end of his career, you know, 10 years from now, it could be when he's 60 years old, who knows, uh, you, you don't, can't tell that right now, but we're happy he's out there. Maybe he'll get more than two snaps this week. I hope so. And especially where the bears are at and four and eight and looking, I think, you know, in their eyes, they still have a chance to make the playoffs and technically they're not mathematically eliminated, but maybe we'll see what happens after Sunday night and where, where their records at and seeing what all the other teams in the NFC have done up to that point. But Mason, let's get into this bears Packers matchup Sunday night football at Lambeau field. It's a tough test for the bears, obviously looking to try and get their fifth win of the season so let's talk about this Bears offense. This is now going to be with Justin Fields under center and being the man who's running the show. When I when I think about this matchup, one thing that I, I have in my notes here, what is going to be the game plan?
for Justin Fields. With those cracked ribs, are we going to see where, going back to the Ravens game, the last game that he was healthy and he played in, only 30 snaps in that one, he threw the ball one time outside the pocket. Last time he played against the Baltimore Ravens. I doubt and I hope that isn't the game plan going up against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field where you know the defense knows he's still hurting. Or, you know, according to Matt Nagy, it's fully healed, but those ribs are not just magically, un, you know, they're still cracked, right? So I would hope that the game plan for Justin Fields doesn't look like the game plan that you put out there for Andy Dalton, where he's in the pocket, he has to throw from the pocket, where a lot of that stuff is happening in a confined space. Get him outside. Let him use his legs. Let him throw on the run. Let him avoid those hits from the inside when possible. But, Mason, uh, for you, what do you kind of want to see out of Justin Fields? What are you kind of feeling? What do you think the game plan is going to be? Like, do you think the Bears are just going to go, hey, regardless if it's Fields or Dalton, we're still going to run the same exact game plan? Okay. (laughs) So that's a little (laughs) – because you're right. I was going to say what I would do, but at the same time, you have to look at what the Bears would do. And so far, what we've seen from the Bears is – an inability to truly get that identity with Justin because they'll find some stuff that works. It seems like in one week and then in the next week, it's like they forgot what happened and they kind of go back to some older stuff. So the hope will be no, that's it's nothing like what Andy Dalton did because we know that right now, currently how Justin can read a defense, Andy Dalton's a little bit better at that quick, that quick game. Boom, boom, get it out. But in the, all right, let's move past that. We and we can't really use what the Ravens game is a good idea because he Justin only threw the ball 11 times, it was four for 11 in that game. So you really have to go back to the Steelers. What went well with the Steelers was like you had said, moving the pocket, you know, getting some deeper throws, using the play action to set stuff up. But I do think you do have to be a little careful in terms of how often you're moving that pocket and how you're and where you're doing it because. I don't know how confident you're going to be using like a naked boot like they did. Cause you saw that there were a couple times in that, even that Pittsburgh game where Watt destroyed Justin on a couple of those naked boots. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, well, what are you going to do about it? At the same time, you cannot put him out there. If you're not confident that he's going to be okay, that he can take a hit. So you got to let him play the game because if you're going to handcuff him, if you're going to, you know, take away moving the pocket entirely, if you're not, if you're going to be like, Hey, Justin, I don't want you scrambling at all. Uh, that's not, you can't do that. Now, there's a huge difference between, hey, Justin, don't scramble, and hey, Justin, how about you slide like two yards earlier and take the three-yard gain instead of trying to get a five and six and then getting re-cracking your ribs. So, yes, it's got to be moving the pocket, and it's got to be slant routes to Allen Robinson. Let's get that going, right? Like, let's get a, a play action boot with a crosser to Allen, with a slant to Allen. Um, that way you can set up that deep ball to maybe a Demir Bird, to a Darnell Mooney, things of that nature. Uh, really pushing that ball downfield, and at the end of the day, protecting the ball, too. There's too many times Justin's got a little loose with it in terms of the fumbles, in terms of the interceptions. You got it. That's all about protecting the ball. That's one of the things that overall on the other side, that rookie spectrum right now, Mac Jones has done relatively well is that he's known when to push it and when to just say, Hey, I'm going to throw the ball away. I feel like I can count on one hand, the number of times I've seen Justin just throw the ball away versus the number of times we saw, for example, Andy Dalton do it. And you applaud that. Hey, live to fight another day. Don't take the sack. No, that's a really good point there, Mason. And I also have that in my notes. It's like, well, one, can can the Bears protect Justin Fields in this game? You have Rashawn Gary leads the team with six and a half sacks, Preston Smith, five sacks, Kenny Clark with four. But also on the other other side of that, can Fields 
protect himself. Like there yeah. are the times where he needs to avoid, well, those avoidable sacks and holding onto the ball too long or scrambling, you know, being indecisive when he scrambles. And that leads to some of those hits that he's taking those unnecessary ones. So that's definitely something that, you know, that's why these games matter for Justin Fields. That's why you want to see him play out these final five games is just so he can get better accustomed to when he does have to slide, when he when he has to throw stuff away, when he just has to be smart with his body. Because this is not just a season. We're talking five games that we want to see him play. He obviously has a very long career ahead of him. So that's definitely in my notes as well. But another thing that I want to talk about with this, this Bears offense, against the Arizona Cardinals last Sunday, it was all David Montgomery with his 141 total scrimmage yards. And then now my question is, who steps up behind him? Who's going to be that other guy? And, you know, David Montgomery's still dealing with his injury, so we'll see how that goes um, tomorrow. But, like, it's Jakeem Grant led the team of receiving yards with 62. If that can't happen, Mason, in this game against the Packers, because the Bears will get absolutely blown out. But they might get blown out either way. But it's like, if that's the case, you're not going to be in a good situation offensively and just as a team. When you look at this Bears offense and who they might get back, maybe now in Robinson, it wasn't as big of a game, obviously, from Darnell Mooney against the Cardinals. What are you kind of expecting? Is it more just a David Montgomery show? I know he had the big run last year to open up the game against the Packers in Lambeau Field, but... Like, what is it that you're kind of anticipating or that you would like to see in terms of other guys stepping up? When you look at what I feel are the current strength of the Packers, it's still the fact that they have, you know, one of the two Smith brothers, you could say, who's still a very good player. He's talked about Rashawn Gary. So that pass rush is going to be pretty solid. Uh, Cornerback, surprisingly, even with the injury to Jair Alexander, has been good. Russell Douglas yeah. has really stepped up. Like, talk about a mid-season acquisition. Like, that's the kind of player like Bears fans wanted uh, the Bears to get, like, mid-season or to get their CB2. Russell Douglas has been doing really, really well. Um, so they're really solid there, and they're solid in this, deep in the secondary, right, when you have a Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos. Where they're not as strong, in my opinion, is going to be the linebackers. And so you have to attack it. And stop me if you've heard this before. Maybe the tight ends in the seam, maybe some of those intermediate crossing routes, <laughs> things like that. And so you need a Cole Komet to step up. You need to have uh, Jesse James would be fantastic. I feel like this would be a big Jesse could be a big Jesse James game plan where you have him as a blocker leaks out, right? Like maybe not just run a hitch or run to the flat, but slip up into the seam, a deeper comeback, a dig across the middle, things like that uh, would be fantastic to see. Will we? That's another question. That's a huge question. But, um, but yeah, that would be great to see on that end. And what I do, one thing I don't want to see, and I can't highlight this enough, is I don't want to see a wide receiver screen to Jameer Bird this game. If we could avoid that at all costs, that would be fantastic. And also, I don't want to see a wide receiver screen run with Jameer Bird being the blocker out there. Oh, yeah. like, anything that involves that is just you're a recipe for disaster, not getting any good yardage, wasting it down, essentially. So I, I, I am 100% uh, with you on that, Mason. So when we look at when we look at this offense and, like, I feel like everything needs to go perfectly for the Bears really to have a chance in this one. It's it just how it goes in these Bears-Packers games. Even if you look at the last one um, at, at Soldier Field in week six, it's like the Bears scored an opening touchdown 
and then here's how here's how it went just to kind of refresh people's memories and just re-watching that game mason man we think about the pittsburgh steelers game with all the blown calls from the referees that one was bad too in terms of officiating and calls not being called in the bears favor justin fields calling a timeout on third down not getting it it was not very good but after the bears scored that initial opening drive touchdown to start the game they then go, it was Bears started the game with touchdown. They go interception. Green Bay gets a touchdown. The Bears punt. Green Bay gets a field goal. The Bears punt again. Green Bay takes a kneel down at the end of the half. And then you start the second half with a punt again. Green Bay touchdown. And then the Bears punt again. So ever since that opening drive touchdown, the Bears offense went flat. Again, like I said, there was some officiating that was a little spotty for sure, but that's the thing with the Bears. It's it's not – it's obviously hasn't been consistent this year. It hasn't been consistent for, for a long time with the offense, but they have that going on at, at Lambeau Field. It's going to look a lot like last year's game. What was it, 41-25, I believe, and, you know, the Bears really – the 25 was garbage points at that point, but that's something that can't happen. Another thing that can't happen, you highlighted it, uh, Macy's those turnovers, especially at Lambeau Field. You go to the 41 to 25 blowout, three total turnovers for the Bears, two interceptions, a fumble, return for a touchdown. Go back to 2019. There was three turnovers in that game, two interceptions and a fumble. And even back to the 24 to 23 loss in Matt Nagy's first year, the Bears just had one turnover, the, the one fumble. So Bears can't do that. Bears can't you know, anytime they turn over the ball in any game offensively, you're most likely putting yourself at a disadvantage to not be able to come back in this game. But you especially can't do that in Green Bay against the Packers in prime time. It's just a recipe for disaster, which I think is what we're all kind of used to seeing from Bears-Packers meetings. just reality. Um, Mason, is there anything else that in terms of, one, we, we could take this a bunch of different directions. For the Bears to have success on offense, I can give you that category. Or a, a concern that you have about this Bears offense going up against this Packers defense, or really just anywhere where you want to take it. I'm going to kind of split the difference a little bit on you. Because even when you go back to the game where, where they played at Soldier Field, there were multiple times throughout that game until, what, maybe midway through the fourth quarter where you were like, wow, the bears really can win this. Or like, I actually, for a while I've had, I was like, the bears are going to win this. Um, and yes, there's the, the whole refing thing. And there's no, there's only so much you can do about that. One thing we've seen consistently is there's a bit of a lack of accountability for this team. And that's, and that's on the bears. That's on the coaching. You need to, at some point, yes, you might get a bad call here and there, but you also can't have the ones that you can control. So that's something that has been really lacking when it comes to this coaching staff and this team, especially this year, but over the last couple of years, or like, as we saw in the last game, the weird penalties, the illegal snap again, can't wrap my hand around my mind around that one. Um, but yeah, going back to, and then connect to that last game, what they were doing for the most part was working. There was just the little things that just kept happening to derail those drives. Right. And it's, you need one to two extra yards out of a certain run play due to a, a issue on a blocking scheme a, an actual like a catch instead of a drop pass by some of the receivers right uh, a read by justin so when you look at a lot of those things and that's what football is right football is a game of inches football is a game of one or two plays they have that ability they have that option it's just are they going to put it 
into play when every single time when they play. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's, it's hard to trust this team in that respect um, because they do tend to just get away from it way too easily, way too quickly, the things that you would think would make sense. Uh, I brought this up earlier, but the fact that the most commonly run route by Allen Robinson is a hitch and one of the least run routes by Allen Robinson is a slant is ridiculous. Well, I believe, oh man, which game was it last year? It was like, I think it might've been the Jaguars game. We were watching together. We did, I think we did like the live broadcast and it was like every third play was a slant to A-Rob, slant to A-Rob. And we're just like, keep doing it. <laughs> and then they forgot about it this year. I don't get it. it. So it has to be stuff like that. And we all sound like broken records. I already said this when, when we bring this up because we haven't seen it change. It's this the same smacking your head against a wall of the wide receiver screens of, I love David Montgomery, but two run plays in a row, maybe. And then you have the third and six. And now all of a sudden it's like, what are you going to do on that third and six? Oh, here, here's all everyone running a hitch. It's crazy. It is crazy, but that's the bears. And they, uh, they like to do crazy things that don't work consistently. Um, but that, that is the Chicago bears offense. One last, uh, one last thing that I do want to bring up just rewatching that bears Packers game from week six. And then there was a similar scenario that happened in the Arizona Cardinals game. In that Bears-Packers game at Soldier Field, the Bears were in the, let's see, this is the second offensive possession of the game. There was a fourth and one on their own 49-yard line. I don't know if you remember this play, Mason, but the Bears end up going for it, and they get the first down with a Khalil Herbert run. The Packers end up challenging it to see if he had gotten it, but they go for it on fourth and one at the 49. If you guys remember back in the Arizona Cardinals game, it was a very similar situation. It was a fourth and one on their own 49-yard line. But what does Matt Nagy and that offense decide to do? Absolutely nothing. They take a delay a game. They never snap the ball, and they punt. But what's interesting is, obviously, Matt Nagy was aggressive early on in the season, what, when they were three and two? And this is week six against the Packers. But when you are four and seven at the time when they were facing the Cardinals, same situation, your side of the field, a fourth and one. You have David Montgomery this game. Because Montgomery, that was the game I think he got injured, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they don't go for it. And that's just, you know, I feel like with all the circumstances going on right now with the Bears, be aggressive in this one. Take those chances. Because if you don't, you're giving it off. You're going to give Aaron Rodgers in this offense more opportunities to just pile on the points. But if there's opportunities like that where he elected to just punt the ball, where it's a fourth and one and – you know, you're basically at midfield. I don't want to see Matt Nagy, this Bears offense, just be hesitant, just kind of, you know, just not even be aggressive with it. You did it earlier on the season against the Green Bay Packers. I hope that you see that again, even though regardless of what the result is, but it obviously something had happened from week six and now heading into week 13 with the, with the Cardinals that the Bears just didn't feel confident in doing that. So that's one last thing I kind of wanted to mention with this offense. Uh, again, they, they need all the help they can get. If you can get some extra possessions by going for it on fourth down, probably going to need it going against Green Bay Packers in that high-octane offense. Mason, any last comments here about the Bears offense or the Packers defense that you want to bring up right now? You essentially have two options. Either you can go the what we saw with the Bills and the Patriots route where you're like, I don't care how I win, I'm going to – do whatever I need to. And you're just going to try to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. And you use 
Montgomery and Herbert and Justin and, you know, short, easy passes again, chuck yards and keep, and keep Rodgers on the bench as long as you can and try to just grind out a low scoring game. Or you have to try to go to a shootout if you, and I don't think the Bears have proven they can do that at all. I mean, they rarely break the 20 point mark. So I would not be against them just saying, hey, let's just try to put together a long, sustained drive, which again, they haven't proven that either. So it's not, either way, it's not going to be great, but at least lean on your strength. I mean, you know, your O line run blocks better than they pass block. You know, you have a mobile quarterback. You know, you have two solid running backs. Lean on them. Lean on them and see see what happens, honestly, because what you've been doing as of late really hasn't been working. All right, before we go and talk about this Bears defense going up against that Packers offense, I have to tell you about our partnership with Owen. If you're like me and Mason, we like to work out and stay active. And after a great workout, it's important to give your body the necessary amino acids it needs to rebuild proteins. And that's why we drink Owen. That's right. Owen, which stands for only what you need. All of Owen's products are plant-based, free of artificial ingredients, and are allergen-friendly. Plus, Owen uses high-quality and carefully selected ingredients to make all of its products easily digestible, like their Pro Elite Chocolate High Protein Shake. It has 35 grams of protein, and it tastes delicious. And I first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. Get 20% off your first purchase with code TCA20 at liveowen.com. That's 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Remember to use that code TCA20. And I will say this. We don't have all the details yet, but I've been talking with Owen. I've been going back and forth with a couple of emails. There's going to be a really cool prize coming out for all of our listeners. So, uh, and I'll give you more details when I get them, but it involves that guy that I just talked about, Justin Fields. So just stay tuned and keep Owen and that code TCA20 in your thoughts, all right? But join me, Mason, and Justin Fields, and try Owen only what you need. This is Chicago Audible Podcast, Nicholas Moriano here with along Mason West. We're going to talk about this Bears defense and about the guy that owns owns the Bears and Aaron Rodgers. So Mason, when you look at this, you look at this matchup. Yes, the Bears. Uh, they, they, they. Surprisingly, they they have Roquan Smith. He played last week, but you you don't have Khalil Mack in this one like you did in that first matchup. We don't know yet if you're going to have Akeem Hicks for this for this second matchup. I have a feeling that he plays though. Round two. How are you feeling about this Packers offense going up against this Bears defense in prime time? Not great. Um, <laughs> I do, you know, I, I recall, I think it was the last time they were at Lambeau, uh, Chuck Pagano called the defense where they only rushed three and Aaron Rodgers was just sitting back there waiting and yeah. waiting. And when I was just like, I can't believe it. I can't believe you chose to rush three. Um, and that, it, that's what essentially what it might, it's going to be like if you can't have an Nikeem Hicks and some of these other bodies on the line. Uh, because, you know, if you're only rolling out there with, I'm trying to even think like, so if Travis Gibson isn't out there, you're going to have Robert Quinn. You're going to have Bilal Nichols. You're going to have hopefully, you know, Eddie Goldman, Bruce Irvin on the other side, Chandler Jones might be over there. I mean, if those are like the main people you have trying to put pressure on an Aaron Rodgers, attacking the secondary that we have, which, you know, everyone kind of knows what people feel about Kindle Bildor, not fantastic. Artie Burns has done 
oh, solid-ish in the last two games he's played. And Jalen Johnson, I mean, he's always had the toughest assignment on the field. I mean, that move by DeAndre Hopkins on that touchdown, I mean, that's just a veteran DeAndre Hopkins move. It's That's hard to defend even the best corner in the league. But it's you're not you're not that you're not confident you're just really not you know um, he's gonna sit back there he's gonna pick up pick apart uh, the, the secondary the entire time and we talk about this almost I feel like on a weekly basis how the open or the middle of the Bears secondary is just seems always open for whatever reason those 10, 10 to fifteen yard intermediate passes across the middle just it's like there's not a defender in sight it's gonna be really tough if to generate just pressure with four. Do you wonder, is Sean Desai going to dial up some funkier blitzes, you know, bringing a corner off the edge, uh, bringing a Roquan Smith um, up the middle, things like that? No, yeah, I mean, it's I don't feel confident at all either. Uh, what, De- uh, Dem- Demon has a uh, interesting approach to what the Bears can do, just pick someone from the crowd, hey, come out here and uh, start coaching some Bears football. It might it would be pretty inter- entertaining to see what, what, what can go on. But, I, you know, this is a cool little feature. I didn't know I could do this, Mason. So this could be interesting. So that is an incentive for the people who are watching live. Put some comments out there. Maybe I'll put them up on the live broadcast. But some some questions I have about this Bears defense here, Mason. First of all, Xavier Crawford is your slot guy right now. That's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem, Mason. So it's not, even a, it's not even a question. It's just that's a, that's a statement, a declarative statement. And now – how, I mean, what do the Bears have to do here? Like, we saw the the effort or lack of effort on the tackle on James Conner in the, in the flat where Xavier Crawford has him dead to rights um, last week against the Cardinals and ends up being, you know, a touchdown. And he just whiffs. I think, so in this one, actually, I think Adam Schefter just uh, tweeted out that Randall Cobb's not going to be playing in this game. He's actually going to be um, out for quite a while, which is mm-hmm. – huge course yeah yeah so he um he did some really good things against the rams last time the packers uh were, were playing before their bye week doing a lot of things in the middle of the field going against those slot corners he's even lined up in the backfield mason and just ran like what's called an h post right down the middle of the field right in that area you were talking about where the bears have given it up scores a touchdown so that's a plus for the bears not having to face um you know a guy like that but still Devontae Adams will line up in the slot. They know they can put him out there. You can also put Alan Lazard in the slot. Like, they they know how to mix guys up to, to kind of scheme people up there. But that's just one of the questions I have. And then another thing I'm thinking about, like I mentioned, you had you had um, Khalil Mack. You had Robert Quinn, obviously. You had Akeem Hanks all, all healthy early on, week six of the season. You got really one of those guys, as of right now, who's definitely going to play on Sunday night, but coming off a game where you have, I guess, one sack on Kyler Murray, right? That because he fumbled the ball and Robert Quinn tags him down. How do you, I mean, Mason, I I think this is a given, but bears can't get pressure on Aaron Rodgers. How does that end up for this bears defense? Not good. Not good at all. Um, Like you said, it's just, they're not the same team that played them in week six. And even in week six, you weren't overly thrilled with what you saw either. So it's, you got you got worse. You really did. Um, I think this game and future games, you can't stay the course of what you've been doing. You have to maybe be a little creative. That's where I'd like to see because we do know, like you said, the Packers and Matt Lafleur they like to use that slot just to create matchup problems. Uh, you don't want a Devonte Adams just chilling in the slot against 
you know, Xavier Crawford, if you can avoid it. One thing that would be interesting is let's say, you know, Artie Burns is your starting CB2. Why not put Tri Kindlebildor in the slot at that rate? You know, last year, I feel like he did better in the slot than he's been doing on the outside. Uh, what about doing more of like a big nickel? You know, why not have a DeAndre Houston Carson who's had some pretty solid flashes and still has done well when he's had to step in Freddie Jackson? But I, I'd rather at this point put him in the slot. And while no, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, and yes, it may blow up in your face, but it's better than what you've been doing, to be completely honest. Uh, you, there has to be just, there has to be a little bit more ingenuity when it comes to the Bears at this point because they don't have the bodies. You just literally do not have the personnel to match up in terms of the traditional roles. So got to think outside the box. You definitely do. And I think that was, was that one of the very first games, Mason, where Jalen Johnson was starting to shadow like uh, Devontae? Maybe yeah, it was. That, it was one or... we, that was one of our big questions was, is he going to do it? And we were surprised that he was just following Devontae around the field for the most part. You know what? They The Rams, when they played the Packers, they tried doing that with, with Jalen Ramsey, but – there are just ways you can get out of it where just based on how the alignment is for the wide receivers, if they're stacked, if they're in trips or whatever, that it just doesn't work out where your best cover corner is on their best guy. And, you know, the Packers know that. And I think for this one, maybe it is another opportunity for Jalen Johnson to follow Devontae Adams. There were a couple plays in the first matchup where Devontae Adams beat Jalen Johnson. It was one on a slant and there was one, on a corner route where Jalen Johnson misses on the jam and Devontae Adams blows right by him, is able to get a big gain, and A. Jackson just just makes a tackle to get him out of bounds. So well if you recall it in that first in that first matchup, Devon, there were only five receptions in the first half, two to Devontae for 37 yards. Like I will take that all day long. If you're telling me that that's what's gonna happen, absolutely. Like I, I will absolutely take that. And then even in the second half, it was another two receptions for 52 yards. But if you, again, if you're going to tell me that he's going to have four receptions, and if you recall some of those receptions, there was some funky tackling going on. He broke a couple long ones. It wasn't necessarily like he was, it was consistently getting giant, giant chunks. So there were, there's some, there's some positivity there when it comes to Jalen Johnson matching up with Devontae, like you were talking about. Yeah. It's, you know, keep him out of the end zone. As long as he doesn't, what game was it? The Cincinnati Bengals where he almost went for like 200 or something like that. As long as you don't have him do that, I think you'll take the performance there, but it's another tough matchup. And, you know, Jalen Johnson was, he spoke to the media today and just, he, he constantly says like, he's worked his entire life for like these moments and to face these guys and ultimately he's ready to take on those challenges. So we'll see. And obviously that's the guy that he pointed out to, and I think everyone remembers, like, going into, you know, the draft process, who's the one guy you want to guard? It's Devontae Adams. Gets another shot at it uh, on Sunday night. So, Mason, just kind of looking at, you know, this Packers offense and all the the areas of concern that they present to this Bears defense, one that I think is something maybe that you don't associate with the Packers uh, historically, I guess, or maybe recently, is that they can play physical, man. Like with AJ Dillon back there, he the guy is is a humongous human being. I think he's like 240 or something around there. He's tree trunks for legs. The Packers can play physical. Not only can they throw it all over you with Aaron Rodgers and the receivers and how they scheme things up, but when they want to, they can absolutely run the ball, get good chunks. And AJ Dillon is a hell of a man who can run people over and was doing that. Um, against the Rams he didn't have I think it was like he's had 
20 plus carries in two of the last three games and it's been imposing as well but yeah anything else mason that you want to highlight with this with this bears defense or even with this packers offense that one gonna keep you well we're gonna we're gonna go to the game which would be cool but as we're watching you're gonna be consistently thinking about this or it'll keep you up at night the day before you go drive down the lambo field it is actually what similar to what you were just talking about it's going to be that rushing game because that was something that the bears have done relatively well defending all the way up until week six and then in week six i felt was like a big one where all of a sudden that shifted a bit more where aaron jones and aj dylan really took advantage of the bears a bit there and in the last game, I mean, Jones has been banged up. He only got 10 carries compared to the 20 that A.J. Dillon had. But it's apparently hasn't particularly <laughs> mattered for them. Um, and it's not it's, it's not supposed to be snowing or anything. It's supposed to be like 37 degrees on Sunday. It's supposed to snow the day before, so maybe a little gunkiness on there. But it's not like – I don't expect the Packers to necessarily have to run the ball. But if it's anything like in that first matchup, why wouldn't you, if you're the Packers, run the ball? Because it's just that they were able to get chunk yards so easily against the Bears. That's actually something that I'm the most concerned about. If the Bears can stop that run and keep it balled up a bit more, which is weird to say when you have Aaron Rodgers on the other side, at least you know what you're going to get for the most part out of Aaron. You don't want to add another factor that you have to worry about. Absolutely. that's It's a really good point. Um, when I actually think about the first matchup, at halftime, Mason, it was a 10-7 to game. And mm-hmm. like I told you, like going back to those drives, the Bears didn't do much outside of that first that first um, possession touchdown. It was a ten to seven game. It's like if you can get it to be that, but actually have non empty drives, like that's that's the exact kind of game you were talking about earlier, where you could drag it out, it'd be close. Then you like your chance. Well, I wouldn't say you like your chances, but. You would like that than having to be in a shootout or something else along those lines, but it helps to take an element of their offense away. And the Bears can do that with with Eddie Goldman and possibly getting Keem Hicks back. It's definitely going to help. But Mason, I think that about wraps it up for for the defense, the Bears defense going up against this Packers offense. So now we'll kind of get into the X factors for this game. So I will defer to you. And I have one for offense and defense, and I'm sure you do too. But where do you want to go for your X Factor for this Week 14 matchup between the Bears and Packers? Uh, This can technically probably count for both, but I'm going to shift it to the offensive side of it. Win the turnover battle. Specifically, Justin cannot throw interceptions or fumble the ball. Right? He has to live to fight another day. Because if you have a situation, let's say it's that 10-7 to example you gave of of halftime uh, in the first matchup, that explodes. We saw what happened when Andy Dalton threw four interceptions, right, against the Cardinals. And you put the the offense in your own territory. And we talked about earlier, Justin's been a little loose with the ball in terms of when he's running it. Sometimes the snap's been a little funky. Just the interceptions, you can, you know, argue whether or not they're his fault or not. But at the end of the day, you have to win that turnover battle if you have any chance to actually be in this game. If the Bears are not in, you know, they don't win that turnover battle. Just call it a game before it even ends. Like that's just the case when it comes to the Bears and Packers. Completely agree there. Quick one for my uh, offensive X factor, but then I'll go to defense. Creating explosive plays, but trying to do that against their slot corner, Chandon Sullivan, number 39, uh, gave up a deep touchdown to Van Jefferson in that Packers and Rams game, was beat on an in-breaking round in the middle of the field. So, and it, it was speed. Speed was the the name, the common denominator there. 
that beat number 39, Chan Sullivan. See if you can test him. See if you can get Darnell Mooney back involved. Um, maybe you'll get Marquise Goodwin back. I don't know. Even if Demir Bird. I mean, the guy has speed. And if you put Allen Robinson in the slot, great route runner, see what you can do in that matchup. But to go on the defense, my X factor, and I kind of talked about it a little bit, but defending that H post, as uh, Troy Aikman was kind of talking about it in that Packers-Rams game, out of the shotgun, um, Randall Cobb was lined up as a running back and ran a post out of the backfield, scored a touchdown. Um, A.J. Dillon was, ran the exact same route, and he scored a touchdown. Not a guy that I think you associate with being a really big part of the passing game, but if he's scoring, like that, that also is showing the versatility of a guy like that. So I'm pretty sure the Packers know, hey, middle of the field, we're going to try that. Let's see how we can test it, especially on this very specific um, route scheme, this H post where whoever it is, and it could be uh, Jones in the backfield and runs that post right down the middle. We'll see if the Bears can defend it. All right, let's go to our back-breaking matchup. So I have off, or no, Mason, you have offense, Have I have here in my notes, and then I have the defense. I'll go first with my defensive one. My back-breaking matchup, for the Bears defense is the interior of the defensive line versus, so I have a couple of guys here, uh, number 76, John Runyon, who is a 2020 six-round draft pick, number 62, who is their center, Lucas Patrick, is, who's in his fifth season, and then you have number 70, their right guard, um, Royce Newman, a rookie fourth-round draft pick. So John Runyon, sorry, is the, the left guard. Those three guys, the interior, if the Bears' interior defensive line cannot win that matchup and get pressure, whether it's getting pressure in Rodgers uh, up the middle or just even stopping running lanes, again, call it over. You're getting um, Aaron Jones and Dylan just running all over you, getting those big gains that we saw in the Week Six matchup. You're not gonna, you're not gonna stop this Packers offense. But if you can, you know, take advantage of like they're playing really well. I'll say that outside of their draft position. When you have a six-round draft pick and a rookie fourth-round draft pick playing as well as they are for the Packers, hey, that's you know that's just good scouting and good. Um, that's a good organization like the Packers are. But if that Bears interior, if Eddie Goldman, if Kyrus Tonga, Akeem Hicks, if he plays, Bilal Nichols can win those matchups, man, that can that can help this Bears defense um, just stop stop maybe one element of the Packers offense. So. That's kind of what I'm looking at for my back-breaking matchup. Mason, what do you got for this Bears offense? For offense, I have actually Rasul Douglas versus the Bears wide receivers. I think you know what you're going to get out of, like, you know, uh, Preston Smith on the edge, out of Gary on the edge. I think you know what you're going to get out of Darnell Savage, what you're going to get out of Angel Amos. They're, they're all going to play solid, if not elevate their play. The question mark for me is going to be Rasul Douglas, because if he continues what he's been doing, it's going to make for a long day. Again, he's their second cornerback and you know eric stokes has been playing great as, as, as a rookie over there you don't even have gr alexander there so if russell douglas can step up that's huge i mean talk about a crazy path i mean he was signed from the arizona cardinals practice squad on october 6th so in the middle of the season and he's one of their best playmakers right now i mean he had one of his best games against the rams with six tackles an interception return for a touchdown at a really pivotal point in that game a career high four passes defended 
you know, depending on how much stock you put into this, Pro Football Focus gave Douglas an elite grade of 91.2, which is the highest grade of his five-year career. He was targeted 10 times by Matthew Stafford, but only allowed three completions. I mean, that's a guy that knows, that's comfortable and knows what he's doing and is elevating his game. If he continues that against, you know, let's say it's an NL Robinson, let's say it's a Darnell Mooney, it's going to make for a longer day. It definitely is. And he, he did look really good in that game, Mason. He did give up the one touchdown to Odell. But he he should have had another interception too. Yeah. So he was he was all over it in that game and all over Matthew Stafford. And you know, Stafford had some throws that were behind receivers. So if that plays out in this game where Justin Fields is not as accurate, first game coming back off of injury, and you're giving these opportunities to these Packers corners or secondary, yeah, you're gonna ask for a very long day. So before we go to who has the edge, as you guys know, and as we talked about it. Mason and I will be in Green Bay to cover this Sunday night matchup between the Bears and Packers. First time I'll be at Lambeau Field. First time for you, Mason, right? First time. I've been to their performance center once. Uh, got to check that out. But, yeah, never been to actually Lambeau Field. So, first timers going uh, this Sunday night. So, it'll be an awesome experience getting to co- cover the game there. But we'll both be driving down there separately. So, if you want to help out with gas or food or any of those types of expenses – you can send us a Venmo at the Chicago Audible. And I just want to give a huge shout-out to Felix Silvaz, uh, who sent us a donation. So, Felix, I appreciate the donation, my man. It, it really helps. Thank you so much. But, again, you can send us a donation at the Chicago Audible. If you're on Twitter, you can click on the Chicago Audible's uh, Twitter page or, or mine. There should be a little, um, I guess, money icon there. That will take you right to the Venmo page as well. But, at the Chicago Audible if you want to send us a donation. But, yeah, Mason and I are going to be excited. I'm Look, I'm excited to see what they have in the press box in terms of food, too, because it's I don't know what you, Mason. The hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be better. I was telling some of my coworkers, like, I'm really looking forward to that because yeah, other media members have talked about, yeah, their their food is good there. So I'm like, ooh, okay, let's go. The Bears are getting out, blown out like 20 to 0 at halftime. At least we'll get like a, I don't know, like a cheddar, cheddar bar. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see what, what they end up having there. All right, so we're going to who has the edge. And, Mason, I have you, the Bears rushing offense versus the Packers rushing defense. So the in the last matchup, the ball carrier that had the most yards in the entire game was Khalil Herbert. He had 97 yards on 19 carries against the Packers last game, which was the most. Second most was Aaron Jones at 76. Now, I love Killer Herbert. I love me some juice, but he's also not Dave Montgomery. Now, also, yes, Dave Montgomery was limited today. Some of the sources I have say he's going to be playing. So that, but that's the I and I, I'm pretty. I rely on that. I think he's going to be playing. He may not be at 100, percent but Dave Montgomery is a different animal than Killer Herbert. I, I'm just going to keep pushing the nickname Cyborg for him because he's not a human being in terms of how quickly he comes back from these injuries and what he can do. Eventually, that nickname is going to stick unless Dave Montgomery tells me he hates it, then I'll stop doing it. Uh, anywho, <laughs> I think that's a big shift. And we, we've we seen it time and time again. For whatever reason, this offensive line just run blocks significantly better than they pass block. You bring in the fact that you still have a Killer Herbert that you can be confident in if Dave Montgomery needs, you know, is on a pitch count maybe. And you don't want him out there the whole time. And you now have Justin Fields back there again, which he was there in the first game, of course, but last couple of games has been Andy Dalton, who can add as well. He had 43 yards on six carries in their last matchup. 
And he's and Justin's grown since then, right? We saw what he did in Pittsburgh. It was a different kind of running with the ball. So when you bring all of that together, I don't expect there to be a significant difference in terms of what the Packers are going to do against them to limit that. Again, the Bears should, and I believe will, lean on this running game in order to try to eke out this victory. And until they're proven and until they get stopped, I'm going to say they're going to keep doing it. So we got one edge to the Bears. All right. Oh, we're on we're on a good we're gonna good roll here. Let's see let's see if it stops right here with me. Uh, we have the Bears passing offense versus the Packers passing defense. And you know, looking at some of the stats here, it's kind of um, it, I, it's interesting. So the Bears, well, the Bears are twenty six in offensive DVOA. Not a surprise there. Actually, twenty six kind of seems a little higher than I was even anticipating. But Green Bay is fourteenth in in defensive DVOA. Stafford, Matthew Stafford, and Kirk Cousins the past two games against his Packers defense have both thrown for over 300 yards. Matthew Stafford, he didn't play as, as well as like the 300 yards indicate. Um, and have given up, the Packers defense has given up 34 and 28 points respectively. Still, I give it to the Packers here. I mean, this is Justin Fields' first game coming back. And we just know in Lambeau Field, when the Bears and Packers play, it usually doesn't go in the Bears' favor. They Like I read earlier, the stats – been a lot of turnovers from the Bears offense and if we see that happen with Justin Fields it, it wouldn't surprise me not a, not an indicator of who Justin Fields is or you know where he'll end up being but it, it just kind of seems like it, it could happen here especially in a primetime game so I'm going to give it to the Packers pass defense over the Bears passing offense all right Mason let's see if you can break the tie here we have the Bears' rushing defense versus the Packers' rushing offense. Oh, man. So it's it's really interesting because the Bears do have some decent players left in the middle. Like Eddie Goldman, right, is we talked about the last couple of weeks, has been getting better. Um, last week was definitely down a bit, but like previously to that. Kyrus Tonga has been a very surprising rookie that has stepped up. Um, Robert Quinn, in terms of his – what he's been able to do with uh, against the rushing attack has been fantastic. And his pursuit's been amazing. Um, you still have Roquan Smith, who again is still coming back from the hamstring injury. He did really good against the Cardinals, but you know, still may not be hundred percent, but him at 75% is better than I would say most linebackers at their hundred percent. So I'm still pretty happy with that. So with those key players, you want, you want to say that the bears are going to do relatively solid. But if you go back to what we talked about earlier in the podcast, last time that they played, the, the Packers kind of had their way in terms of that, that rushing attack. Um, now Aaron Jones is also still banged up a little bit, uh, may not be at 100%. This is one that I'd be so close to calling a push, but I, I think I would give it to the Bears. I really, I, I think the Bears are going to come away holding the the Packers' rushing attack better than, than a lot of people think they're going to. Okay. All right. So we have... 2-1 in favor of the Bears, and now we have the Bears passing defense versus the Packers yeah. passing offense. And all I have is it's Aaron Rodgers. Come on. So that's literally what I have for my notes there in, in terms of, like, the confidence I have there. And, look, it, J, I'm maybe Jalen Johnson does his thing, but do the other 10 guys do their jobs in terms of, you know, trying to mitigate what this Packers offense can do? I don't – I haven't seen it consistently enough. Um, especially in the past couple of weeks. 
And maybe in that first half against the Packers at Soldier Field, they did a better job than they did in the second half. But like we were just talking about, that Bears defense was better back then than they are now. So what leads me confident to say that they can, you know, win this category? There really isn't anything. So give it to the Packers passing offense over the Bears passing defense. All right, Mason, I'll throw it over to you for our first round of this segment for the uh, the Packers game. Yeah, we started doing this uh, a couple weeks after that game, so we haven't gotten to do this one yet. Um, so name of the game, it changes every single week because it depends on the opponent. Uh, this week it's called Baron Down or Straight Cheesing. In this scenario, <laughs> uh, Nick's going to decide whether he's sticking with a Bears player or with a Packers player. A couple rules for this. It's going to be as quick as possible in terms of gut reaction from Nick. Uh, we are not taking injuries into consideration because that's no fun because especially at this time of the year, so many people are banged up and it's like, well, of course, I'm not going to take this person. He's out for the rest of the year. Well, that's dumb. I don't want to do that. Uh, my game, my rules. <laughs> and um, on this too, think about it, not just – I'm actually changing this up on Nick a little bit. Think about over the next five years. Ooh, okay, okay. So we're having a caveat to this one. For over the next five years, who would you take? All right. And then we're going to split it to offense and defense. So – Offensive side of the ball. Are you ready, Nick? Let's do it. Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. Darnell Mooney, Marquez Baldis-Scantling. Darnell Mooney. Marquise Goodwin, Randall Cobb. Oh, five years. Uh, ooh, man. I, I guess I'll take... I'll take Randall Cobb. <laughs> David Montgomery, Aaron Jones. Give me David Montgomery. Khalil Herbert, A.J. Dillon. Give me A.J. Dillon. Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon. Robert Tunyon. Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis. Oh, next five years, these guys are both retired. <laughs> these guys are both watching the game at this point on their uh, couches. Um, Jimmy Graham? <laughs> Tevin Jenkins, David Bakhtiari. Oh, David Bakhtiari. Justin Fields, Aaron Rodgers. See, I looked up. How old is Aaron Rodgers? Is Thirty-eight. He he he's still gonna be slinging it in five years. I'm going Aaron Rodgers. I did it. Sorry. Nick Foles, Jordan Love. <laughs> you you put this one in here. Interesting. Uh, give me Jordan Love. I guess <laughs> that's a that's a funny one. And uh, Ryan Nall versus Kareth White Jr. Uh, oh shoot, that's right. Uh, Kareth White. And he's on the practice squad. Oh man, uh, I I always poke fun at Ryan Nall, so give me Ryan Nall. Yeah, I just it's so I specifically threw that one in there because I remember when Kareth White got poached by the the Steelers, right? Everyone started freaking out, like, "Oh, what are you doing? He should have been up on the active route." And then you look, and he's went to like th- I think he was on Detroit at one point. He was like on the Bills, I think, and now he's I had no idea. He, I was preparing for this game, and I saw he was on the Packers practice squad. I was like. We freak out for nothing over that 53rd, 54th, 55th person. As you um, do. Yeah. And so th- I d- I found it interesting that you did say Aaron Rodgers over Justin Fields over the next five years. For all you know, he's hosting Jeopardy in a year or two. Or or going on somewhere else to win a couple Super Bowls once he gets out of That's Green also- Bay, right? Very true. Very like, true. Seeing what, you know, Tom Brady is still doing, and yes, he's, he's the GOAT, but Aaron Rodgers can – I, I don't see any signs of slowing down unless he's just fed up with the game with everything that's going on this season. But 
yeah, like that's you. You know, you absolutely know what you're getting from Aaron Rodgers. Not to say that you don't. Let Justin Fields won't be amazing down the road, but I think he's still got it in five years. And ho- hopefully, it's just not in Green Bay anymore. That's that's the hope for Bears fans. But yeah, that one uh, that one will definitely give me some slack once people listen or rewatch this later uh, before the game. Yeah, everyone, uh, make sure you tweet at Nick, get in his mentions, <laughs> tear him apart. Um, and that's the thing with Aaron Rodgers, too. He hasn't practiced the last, like, three weeks, and he's still doing what he's doing. So, you know, that's just another thing. Um, defense, side of the ball. Khalil Mack, Preston Smith. Khalil Mack. Akeem Hicks, Kenny Clark. Oh, next five years. Next five years. Got to keep that caveat in here. I'm taking Kenny Clark. Robert Quinn or Sean Gary. Man, I don't know if Robert Quinn has it in five years. See, see, this changes. Like, I would have taken yeah. Robert Quinn for mm-hmm. Rashawn Gary's. Uh, he's showing up finally. I guess I have to go with Gary on this one. Jalen Johnson or Jair Alexander? Oh man, both really good corners. But I, I, I've always liked Jair Alexander. Always liked his game. So I'm going Alexander. Artie Burns, Eric Stokes. Going Eric Stokes. Deshaun Gibson, Adrian Amos. <laughs> I'm going to Adrian Amos. And uh, Eddie Jackson, Darnell Savage. Mm, this is uh, this is interesting. I will I will go with Eddie Jackson. Ooh, okay. I did not expect that. I thought you were going to say Darnell Savage. So did I. And then I, I I I think I've been saying this for the past like two or three weeks now that Eddie Jackson's close. He's gonna gonna. Not that he's not playing like that he's playing bad. It's just he hasn't made, you know, those impact, those game changing plays that we saw. Maybe we'll never see again. But yeah, I went with Eddie Eddie Jackson there on that one. Who who I mean, you're Darnell Savage? Oh man. I'm I'm gonna say Darnell Savage just because and this isn't even Eddie's fault. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that right now. It's we have seen that I think that 2018 year and then ever since then that this defense, it needs a heavy, hefty pass rush that you only have, you know, four, maybe five players creating that pass rush. Because if you actually go like watch all the turnovers from that 2018 year, most of them came from the quarterback not having at the appropriate amount of time or in response to something of that nature. So when you don't have that, the ball hawk skill set that Eddie Jackson does have, and I still think he has it. I really do. It's not as it's not as good right it, it, but for so what darnell savage does i think you could plug him into more defenses and he's a little bit more consistent in what you need from a safety and but with versus Eddie jackson yes he does so many cool things if actually if you ever just hear what sean Desai like describes Eddie jackson does it's a it's next level stuff really it is Eddie jackson does so much for this defense but it just doesn't impact it in the way you really want your safety to like it, he's kind of unfortunately that that honey badger role right now where it's like he just kind of roams and does his thing and unfortunately doesn't show up in the stat sheet as often um you're gonna get torn apart by the way for that adrian amos one too oh yeah the, yeah, the guy so, that got away um, yep uh I, i'm fully just anticip- you know just ready at this point and that's that's what i think that's what this segment just sets me up for to get tore up at some point like nick i've heard what you said like it hasn't happened yet, but we'll be at Lambeau Field. Um, I expect to be there early too. So you see me, uh, definitely let me know. All right. And then that leads us over to the start of our prediction section and to kind of our over-unders. 
Um, again, this is not from BetUS because I still don't know how to access that. Sorry, BetUS. Uh, let me know how to do it because I have no idea. So I just made these up because I think they're fun. Um, over under 250 total yards for Justin Fields. Mm, man, first came back. Field. I think uh, I think he does go over that, but by a little bit. And it's more so because uh, garbage time. You know, they kind of get those garbage yards at the end. So I'll go over 250. I would agree. I just think I think we're past that early Cleveland Brown stage of Justin's career <sighs> to the point where he's going to stack at at least a couple of drives that he's going to get there. Plus the fact that he's going to use his legs, hence the total yards, that the 250 should absolutely be, be doable. Uh, over under four and a half receptions for Allen Robinson. Four and a half. Oh boy. I mean, there's been games where he hasn't, you know, done much. Um, I think they're going to make it a, a focal point to try to get him back implemented into this game. And I'll go five. So I'll go over for Allen Robinson. I'll give him the five reception in this game. It's funny you say that because I originally had five written down. And I was like, ooh, I think he's going to get that exactly. Let me, I'm going to bump it to four and a half. Because I think, I agree. I was going to say the word focal point. Um, coming off the injury game that, can't you be if you're naggy if you're that bears coaching staff you're like we got to get a win here why wouldn't you do that but they also do a lot of things that we don't expect because they're the bears so that's true uh over under 125 rushing yards for the bears Ooh, over under 125 rushing yards i will go over i think you know it was um who was it was alan robs who's talking about the identity of this offense still trying to figure it out I think the Bears know that they want to run the football. They just, you know, do it in weird ways sometimes. But I think they try to establish the run to, to make this a game that favors them. So I'll go over 125. Yeah, last matchup, uh, 26 carries between Khalil Herbert, Justin Fields, and Cole Komet with one carry. I don't remember that, but apparently there was a carry there. Um, for 140 yards. Uh, by the way, he got zero yards in that one carry, so I don't know where that came from. Um, the 140 <laughs> yards last game. Uh, between Montgomery, between Herbert, between Justin, 125 should be easy unless the Packers are just like, we're going to stop the run, Justin beat us through the air. That would be the only reason I would think it would be on the under on that one. Um, over under, negative 0.5 turnover differential for the Bears. With how these games have gone, I so I would go under, right? Or would it be... Right? Is that how it would work? Yeah, it would. You would because if you think, yeah, you would keep going down, so it'd be under. So we're going under. Uh, yeah, the Bears at Lambeau Field. They've had three turnovers in the last two meetings at Lambeau Field. So, yeah, they might be uh, you know, those uh, two, three turnover uh, kind of category in this one. So going under. I'm actually going to go the over on this one. One thing we haven't brought up: if the Packers win this, I believe they clinch the division. Uh, so I think Aaron and the rest of the Packers might be pressing a little bit. Uh, just be like, hey, we really want to win this game. Plus, it's the Bears. You know, they Aaron always wants to beat the Bears. Packers always want to beat the Bears. This chance is a little more pressing. Perhaps get a little sloppy, a deep ball. that shouldn't be a deep ball. You kind of are hinting. Eddie Jackson is so close to getting something, maybe a pick there. The Bears have been able to force a couple fumbles. And I really think that we've talked about it earlier, but that protecting the ball from Justin is going to be an emphasis. Like I, I think he's going to be holding on to that rock pretty tight. 
All right, only two left. Over under seventy five receiving yards for Devontae Adams. Uh, I know Jalen Johnson is going to be primarily the guy there, but I believe he had over like around eighty something in the first matchup, somewhere around there. I think he goes over um, the seventy. Would you have it seventy five? I think goes over. I think goes over that. Yeah, he only had four receptions in that first matchup, but it was for eighty nine yards. Mm-hmm. Um, it, with and we talked about it though. There were a couple of those catches that were poor tackling slip here and there. Um, I'm going to actually say under on this one. I think Jalen is growing as a player. Um, yes, he got burned by DeAndre Hopkins, but then was solid the rest of the game. A, a lot of what the Cardinals were able to do was more so from field position, lesser so because of the defense wholly just failing. So um, I think he's going to do a good job against him. Under. And last one, over, under, Two and a half total touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. Got to go over. Um, he hung, what, 41 last time? 41.4 straight touchdown drives, I believe, in the last meeting at Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers is a man that uh, I think has proven some people wrong, and, you know, it's the Bears. Like, he he didn't need him. Backtrack on the comments about I own you, and he shouldn't. Like, hey, he does. So I'm going to go over. In a game where the division's on the line, Aaron Rodgers is, is a bad man. He had two touchdowns through the air, one rushing last game. I don't see why all of a sudden that would shift substantially, so I would also say over. And there it is. Mason, thank you so much for both of those. Now we get into our bold prediction and our not-so-bold prediction. <laughs> I got that one actually written down. In, I got it written down here. So I'll start off with my bold prediction for this game. I have that Darnell Mooney posts a new career high, new career long reception with a 65-yard catch and run touchdown. His previous career high was 64 yards. And just in case people need the math there, that would be from the 35-yard line for that to to happen there. So a very specific bold prediction, but I think we need to see Darnell Mooney back creating those explosive plays. And look, it was just one week against the Cardinals where he wasn't that main guy, but New career, long reception, 65-yard catch-and-run touchdown for Darnell Mooney. What do you got for your bold prediction there, Mason? What Was that a long well, long one, the screen pass from Dar- Dalton, or was it a different one? Oh, that's a that's a good question. Where did I see that 64-yarder? I, I had to look it, up it. Yeah, I think it is that one. Was it? Okay, I was just curious. It seemed like that would have been the one. Anyway, um, as always, I have two. Um, I went bold. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So, uh, on offense, Justin Fields has a higher passer rating than Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't know what it is. Um, there's nothing, we just spent the last, what, hour and nine minutes and 42 seconds talking about, honestly, how the Bears are going to lose this game. I mean, a lot of people posted in the comments, like, hey, let's just fast forward to next week. And, but there's just, I don't know, I have this weird gut feeling that there's going to be some funkiness happening at Lambeau. There's going to be a ball that bounces a weird way here, something that happens there. You know, yes, the last game he played was not the Pittsburgh game, but Justin just had so much to build on on that game. And I just think it got a little derailed with that Ravens matchup there. I just, I don't know. I just think he's going to do it. Um, and then my defensive bold prediction, again, connecting to something you said, Nick, Eddie Jackson gets an interception. Funky stuff down at Lambeau. Ball's going to get, like, tipped in the air at the line. He's going to go come flying in and get a pick 
maybe even return for a six. I'm not going to go that far in terms of my prediction, but he will at least get an interception. All right. I like it. Um, And to clarify on the 64 yard reception where that happened, it was a game against Detroit. So oh. down, what was it? Down the right sideline towards the middle of the field. Doesn't he, did he split a couple guys? I don't even remember, but game against Detroit is where he had the 64 yarder and then, the Baltimore game on that screen was a 60-yarder. So, uh, okay. yep, Darnell Mooney's making some big plays. But our not-so-bold prediction, here's what I came up with, Mason. So, not a very good one. Um, this ends up like every other Bears and Packers game. So, that's my not-so-bold prediction, and that kind of gives away what, you know, a couple other segments later in the show. But what is your not-so-bold prediction? Because mine was very lack. So uh, on de- all defense first, uh, Roquan Smith sacks Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I okay. think Sean Desai is going to have a couple of packages, plays in there to try to generate some interesting uh, pressures. And why would you not use one of, if not the best defender you have out there in the field? Uh, on offense, Allen Robinson gets the most receiving yards that he's had of the year. He had 68 in Pittsburgh, which means he needs at least 69. Nice. In order to break that number. Yes, he's coming off an injury, hamstrings, nothing to golf at. But I just have a feeling, and you talked about this earlier, I mean, you're going to prop maybe make him a focal point. It may not be a bunch of long plays, but yeah, Anthony with A-Rob. Uh, but just plugging, you know, I just, just pepper that slant, something of that nature. Why not this week? If, there, if there's a week to do it, it's, it's this week. Yeah, why not this week? And Alan Robinson was asked, what do you have for like your, you know, your for the, the goals for the rest of the season, it's honestly just to, you know, play his game and see where that kind of can take him. But he, he does say, like, this is a passion of his, playing football. Now that he's somewhat – now he's starting to get a little bit healthy. You know, I hope to see Allen Robinson kind of return to what we're used to seeing him do because this is the first season that uh, – since he's been on the Bears where he hasn't been the focal point, the main guy, the receiver. And it's been a little – Odd to see that because he's been so consistent, I would say. But hopefully this is the game. All right, Mason, let's predict that MVB. And I'm actually going to go first. I think it's going to be Roquan Smith. This is a guy that was playing on one good hamstring last week, led the team in total tackles with eight. He did so, and he had, what, that stellar play to stop Kyler Murray on a third down play, chases him down. Again, on one good hamstring, still able to make the tackle. It's a guy that, regardless of what he's dealing with, been delivering big hits all season, has been a difference maker, has been it's just been an impact and a breath of fresh air on this defense. And he's just been consistently putting together good seasons. And hopefully now he can be recognized for it. In I'm not talking about really a Pro Bowl. I it's a popularity contest. Like all pro. Like that's where I think the Roquan Smith discussion should be with him. All pro, like in contention to be an all pro every year. Because that's what he's showing. Yes, he plays on a four and eight football team, but that doesn't take away from what he's doing. So my MVP is going to be Roquan Smith. What about you, Mason? I have Allen Robinson. Uh, like I said, I, if the Bears are going to win this, I do think it has to be drives that eat up a lot of clock. You know, ten play, twelve play drives, and you can't run it every single time. So how do you get some chunk plays through the air? you give it to your more sure-handed receiver. You know, Darnell's had, unfortunately, some drops this year so that he doesn't really fit that category. And then the Bears have a lot of speed at right receiver that that doesn't really fit that category, and they're also never used. So let's just ignore that. Um, And 
the tight end usage has always been spin up in the air. So who does that leave me with? It's Allen Robinson. Again, short, intermediate routes. Get it to your short-handed weapon. Make the Packers have to stop him. I like it. I Like, again, like I said earlier, I really hope we see a, a big game out of Allen Robinson, especially his first one back in, in a while. All right, Mason, we've been kind of highlighting, foreshadowing what this game will ultimately end up being with our game picks. And I completely forgot to ask Will for this one, but I have a feeling he would go with the Packers, and unless he had that, you know, going with his heart, maybe. His heart might tell, tell him the Packers too. But, um, Mason, I'll defer to you. What's what's the final score on this one? So, again, this is – it's a gut thing. And you saw me, like, you're the thing, the bold predictions I had. Eddie Jackson gets an interception. Justin Fields outplays Aaron Rodgers. You know, Allen Robinson returns to form with a 69 nice, uh, you know, <laughs> performance. Dave Montgomery and Khalil Herbert are that – fire and ice combo marching up the field. I have the bears winning 24 to 21 first time, as you said, since 2015 in Lambeau field. And we return back across the cheese curtain victors. Man, Mason, if we go to cover a game on Sunday night football in Lambeau field and they win, like that's, that would be pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. That would you know, after the game, you know, you're not supposed to cheer in the press box, but that's like a high five fist bump kind of kind of result there. But I hope that's the case. I'm going with the Packers <laughs> winning this game 30 to 17. Again, there's a lot of things that are not going in the Bears' favor. But to me, if the Bears want to win it, I think it does have to look a lot like what happened in – 2015. It was a 17 to 14 ball game. The the Packers offense never was in sync. I remember watching that on Thanksgiving, seeing Jay Cutler celebrate with who was it? Tracy Porter after the game oh, yeah. and getting the getting the turkey. But they were making plays. They were causing. I think they they picked off Aaron Rodgers and it was the fourth uh, the goal line stand or the fourth where they were going on fourth down uh, in Bears territory and they came out the victory. I think maybe it would be uh, lower scoring, but I'll take. Any way the Bears can win, obviously we'll take it. But I have the Packers winning uh, pretty convincingly 30-17. to 17. All right, uh, confidence meter in this one, I guess, for me, that the Packers will win. I'm going to get a 9.5. Um, especially you you had a good point earlier, Mason, that they can clinch, right, the Packers, if they go ahead out there and just do what they usually do to the Bears. So I'm thinking they get that done. So I'm giving it a 9.5. What about you? Um, I'll just take the opposite of that since I said the Bears are going to win and I'm going to say <laughs> that it's a 0.5. Uh, I'm not confident in that whatsoever. Um, to be completely honest, like I said, it's a gut feeling. It's just one of those things that with, with how some of the stuff is stacking this week, I think also the fact that there's less people on the injury report makes you feel like at least a little better than in recent weeks. Um, and we never decided a punishment for whoever comes in last place uh, in the ranking. So I'm also don't, care as much about that for this pick so i'm, I'm not confident in it whatsoever <laughs> i like it you might as well uh you know go with the bears and they win you look you look a hell of a lot smarter when yeah when then the out. next when we have the next episode then i get to sit there and be like i told you i told you I, yeah exactly and you know you don't even need me on here you can just run the, run the show by yourself basically all right so that's up wrapping up uh, all i'm gonna do is i just want to ask the magic eight ball because we haven't asked this guy in a while and you know what what magic eight ball will the bears win against the green bay packers on 
Sunday Night Football at Lambeau Field. And the Magic 8-Ball that always likes to be difficult and will not actually give me a single answer said, it is decidedly so. There it is. Mason was right. The Magic 8-Ball is right. That's where I'll kind of leave it. Mason, do you have any final words for this Week 14 matchup between the Bears and the Packers? Continue. What is the reason that you're going to watch this game? The reason you're going to watch this game is to see what the heck Justin Fields does. That That's it. That's the only reason. I mean, reason B, C, and D is like, all right, Darnell Mooney, all right, maybe if you know if Travis, Travis Gibson gets over his, his cold, all right, maybe Cole Komet, seeing what he can do, things like that. But number one, number, main number one, that is all it is, is Justin Fields. And so that's what you're looking for. And you have to look at it through the right lens because we know that the current coaching regime is not really helping him. So don't look at it like, oh, how did Justin do completing this play? Because most of the time, the play call is going to be not great. Just look at what he has skill-wise, right? What can he do in the processing? What what are the how can what's the velocity he can put on his throws? What is the position, the placement of his throws? His decisions to run to, to scramble versus the you know actually to throw the ball away, things of that nature. Everything else is just ignore. You know what? Also, another thing, it's how he handles all this, right? So this is a guy that's been on, you know, the biggest stages in, in college football. He's played, obviously, some primetime games and been a part of it, even in week one where he wasn't the starter, the Monday night game. But now it's this Sunday night football against the guy that he's going to be going against consistently or the team, the Green Bay Packers, for a very long time. How does Justin Fields handle this and you know he kind of talked about like the odds are against him he's like i wouldn't have it any other way and that's exactly what you want to hear from your quarterback a young quarterback and we'll see how what he can do against a team that the bears have not had success against for a very long time but i appreciate everybody for tuning into this live show for everybody that will download this podcast and listen to on their way to work while they're working out whatever you do we appreciate it here at the Chicago Audible. Make sure you follow Mason on Twitter at West Sports PT, myself at Nicholas Moriano, the Chicago Audible on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe on YouTube so you get that bell notification. Hit that bell notification so every time we go live, you'll get notified. So make sure you're doing that. Like I said earlier, Mason and I, we will be in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Lambeau Field, Sunday night. I don't know. Um, maybe we'll talk later, Mason, to see what your, your plans are. But I think I'm going to get there early and see. Just explore. Never been there. So should be a bunch of fun. But again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.